Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Praise God. You have to know it's God when Pastor John starts trying to sing. I always wanted to sing. Don't tell me that. Atira's probably looking like, shh. If you guys show up early before first service, my son, JR, who's Mr. Everything around here, he, um, he has to do the sound, help out with the sound and the camera and everything. So while he's helping out with the sound, the worship team's practicing and they're trying to practice, but they don't have any drummers. And that's my opportunity. Am I right? I run and get on the drums and start playing because I've always wanted to be on the worship team. If the Lord came to me today and says, John, you have a choice. You could be a pastor or you could play the drums. I'm going to the drums. (laughs) Amen. How many people in here have had some issues recently, maybe not so recently? There's things in your life that have haunted you, there are some things in your life that have thrown you for such a loop, it's kind of hard to move forward. If that's you, just let me hear you say amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's things that almost, whether it's real or it's a real death, or it's just an analogy. Something in your mind is like, man, something in my life is gone. You know, and it hurts you so bad that it's hard to even move forward because you're so busy focused on that which has been lost. I want to encourage you today, and I'm just trying to hear the Lord. I want to encourage you that God is saying to his people, he says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now, somebody say now. Now. It shall spring forth. This is good news. He says it shall, not it might or it could. He says now it shall spring forth. Then the question happens, shall you not know it? He says I will even make the road in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. God says I'm doing a new thing and I'm doing it now. It's springing up. The question is, it's not a question as if he doesn't know. He wants you to ask yourself, shall you not know it? Why don't you know it? Because you're so busy focused on that which is behind you. You're so focused on that which has died. Now listen, don't get me wrong. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 said there's a time for everything. There's a time to, to, to plant. And there's a time to, to reap. And there's a time to die. There's a time to be born. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to rejoice. Yes, there's times for everything, but I think what the Lord is telling us is that, listen, we're too focused on that which is gone, that which has departed this life, and we're not focused on what God is doing for us now and what he has for us further down the road. There was, a, there was one of the, uh, it was funny because we don't know their name. There's probably a reason why we don't know their name, but there was a guy that Jesus desired for him to follow after him. You know, like the rich young ruler. We don't know his name. We just know him as the rich young ruler. We know him as his problem, but not who he really 
Well, maybe his problem was who he was. But we don't know his name. And it's funny how you don't know the name of people that didn't follow Christ. (laughs) Pretty deep analogy, isn't it? (laughs) That your name is not written in the book of life. I mean the Bible. But those that follow Christ are named. So as we go on, this guy, Jesus says, listen, follow me. He didn't go into a deep dissertation. He didn't tell him why. He just said, follow me. Man looks at him and says, this is Matthew chapter 8. He says, um, I'm going to follow you, but let me go bury my family that just died. <laughs> Jesus turns and looks at him in almost kind of an insulting manner, you would think. It says, let the dead bury the dead. Okay. <laughs> that was kind of wrong, Jesus. I mean, I love this person that just passed, and I, I want to give them honor and bury them, but, but you're telling me let the dead bury the dead. That's kind of insulting, but what we don't realize is that in Hebrew tradition, a burial does, isn't one day like we do here in the United States. We go and bury somebody, we do the internment, it's done, the repast, it's over with. But in Hebrew tradition, these went on for days. And God knew this. He said, look, there is a, a literal a time of mourning, and they take out like 21 days to mourn. God says, I'm telling you to follow me now. See, the opportunity is now. The new thing is now. He says, I'm doing a new thing now. Will you not know it? You let those dead things bury those dead things. They're gone. See, there are some dead things in your life, things in your life that have left you. There's things in your life that have gone, and you're so focused on it, you're not seeing what God is doing for you in front of you. Watch this. Paul says this. Not that I have apprehended, but one thing I do is Philippians 3 and 13. Forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. You can't reach for anything ahead of you constantly looking behind you. Some of us have been in a state of mourning for way too long. Just in another sense, in a different spelling, that mourning only lasts for 12 hours. Am I correct? Right? Breakfast goes up until what? 12, technically. But that's brunch. It's not breakfast. (laughs) So now we're trying to change it. That's... That's the part. No, brunch, lunch, it's, it's brunch is really lunch. You just happen to eat eggs at lunchtime. <laughs> but that's like us as, as a people. We want to try to change what is what that which is to what fits us. Amen. We do that with the word of God. Amen. So, <laughs> I'm getting, anyway, so what we do is, listen, mourning is only for a season. And we got to stop mourning that which has left us. If you heard the word earlier today, as I said, I mean earlier this, the, the service, basically we're so focused on stuff that is gone that, listen, it's gone, it's there. There's nothing we could do about it. I'm telling you, I understand mourning. I lost my father and my mother-in-law within a year's time. 
We were kind of expecting it with my daddy with Ziggy's long-term illness. My mother-in-law was unexpected. It hit us at one time. Trust me, I know about mourning. When I think about my father and I think about my mother-in-law, I still cry. I still, you know, I sit down, I'm like, man, I miss them both. I wish they were here. But I'm not in a position where I'm so busy looking back at their life that I'm not moving forward. Listen, I can't honor their lives by looking back. I honor their lives by keeping going forward. You guys hear me? See, there's some things in your life, and I'm not even talking about people. I'm talking about situations. They didn't experience a physical death. There's some people in your life that God pulled out of your life for a reason. And you're sitting down. It's like like being mad that you took the garbage out. (laughs) Would you be mad at me if I showed up to your house, I took the garbage out, and dropped it in the garbage can? Would you be upset? Oh, man, I really miss that garbage. Do you realize the longer you keep garbage in your house, it begins to stink? There's things in your life that have been stinking way too long. We can't live our lives out of a season. You can't live your life off of one season. That's why people are getting mad that people are putting up Christmas lights right after October, after October 31st. It ain't Christmas season yet. We ain't even reached Thanksgiving. People singing Christmas songs November 1st. It's not the right season. You're living in a season that ain't even happens yet. We got to live in the seasons that God puts us in and then prepare for the next season that God has taken us to. Praise God. Don't get me wrong. It's, it, 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 you know, my wife asked me stuff, and, and she, or she may ask me, so what did I get you last, that last year for Christmas? I'm like, I don't know. That season's gone. I'm looking forward to what you give me this Christmas. You see what I'm saying? So why can't we be the same way like that with Jesus? Jesus, I don't know what happened last season. I'm thankful for whatever it was, whatever you've done for me. I just give you thanks. And I'm looking forward to the new thing that you're doing now that is springing forward that I will know it. (laughs) Woo. The the cold part about this isn't even my message today. (laughs) Might be. God's trying to move us to the next season. We're too busy looking behind us. When we got to look forward. Listen, Paul says this. I look forward. I forget those things which are behind me. The first thing we got to do when we look at this scripture, it tells us, number one, before you can move forward, you got to forget about what's behind you. Has anybody ever tried to drive looking behind you? No. We've said this time and time again. Do you realize that the windshield on your car is? The rear view mirror is? There's a reason for that. Because looking backwards is only to reflect. That's why it's a mirror. I got the Holy Ghost on now. Get the spirit face. You see that? Yes. Right? It's a reflection. I only look back to reflect real quickly because I'm moving fast. 
I'm moving fast going forward. And the faster I'm going forward, the less I need to be looking behind me. Some of us right now are moving so slow, it really doesn't matter if you're looking behind you. Because if you do run into something, it ain't going to be much damage. (laughs) Paul said, he didn't say, therefore, I walk with patience. He says, I run. Remember when he died, he said, I ran my race. Oh, my gosh, God is bringing, he's connecting the dots. We are be, to be running, but we can't run looking forward if we're always looking backward. Amen. I wish I could just get one person right now to say, I want you to run as fast as you can to that corner, but look at me the whole time. <laughs> you won't do it. You know why? It's because you're afraid what you're going to run into. But if you keep looking forward, you see what's coming. Because then all of a sudden, see, you know what? When you're watching your lane and you're going forward, you're going to see the obstacles which are in front of you. And then sometimes you might have to switch a lane real quick and then get back in your lane. Jump back over and then get back in the lane. And that's because God's taking you to a destination. The new thing's in front of you. It's not behind you. See, I'm going to tell you guys something. Do you realize something? You cannot change your past. But you definitely can change the outcome of your future. <laughs> maybe, maybe you didn't understand. Maybe I was a, I was a point to gr- get up and grab your chair and just start. <laughs> because at this point, you don't. We're so busy trying to go. What if I would have done this? If I wouldn't have done that? Oh my God! What if I? What if I? What if I? What if I? Is that a word? What if I? You got to look that one up. We got to put that in the Urban Dictionary. What if I? (laughs) We're so busy trying to change our past. You can't change the past. But you can definitely take control of your future by looking and pressing forward. Because if I do the right thing now in the present, guess what? I have a bright future. If I take a hold of the gift that has been given to me called today, which is the present. That's why they call it a present, because it's a gift to determine your future. Your past can't determine your future, but your present determines what's down the road because you make the decisions now. My decision today is this, that God, I'm giving you all of me, not part of me. I don't want to give you my problems. I don't want to give you my situations. I don't want to give you my circumstances, but today I lay my body down on your feet as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And right now I will not be conformed to this world, but I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind. By the word of God. We haven't renewed our mind. We keep saying we're giving ourselves to God. We're not giving ourselves to God. We're giving our issues to God. It's impossible. It's impossible. (coughs) Say to God, this is the hard part. How do I give myself to God? Sounds easy. But I'm living this life. I got this thing on me called flesh. The greatest enemy I know. I was sitting there thinking during worship, I was like, we give the devil more credit than he deserves. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand. He's real. 
second most powerful entity in the universe, in all creation, Satan. We don't stand a chance against him without Jesus. But I do believe that the Bible tells me that he is defeated. So in order to give him power, I have to put myself in a place of defeat. I literally have to hop over the cross, tiptoe through the blood, and step down into the pit with Satan's in with him, get up underneath him to give him authority in my life. He's been defeated. He's been beat. I'm not going to give him any praise. I'm not going to give him the accolades. I'm not going to give him anything. But there's one thing that God said, listen, I did, the, I did the hardest thing for you. I defeated the second greatest most power that in all creation. I did it. But now I leave this up to you. You got to beat the third most powerful, Amen. your flesh. Amen. God said, you, I leave that up to you. Why? Because that's what I had to do. By the crucifying of my own flesh, I defeated the enemy. Now, that's why I looked at you and said, guess what? If any man should come after me, come on, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross daily and follow me. God's not going to ask you to pick up a cross and not be crucified with it eventually. There's a purpose for that cross. Why are you picking it up? Because he wants you to carry it to a place of crucifixion. Then when he crucifies you at that spot, guess what? You're going to hang there Preach it. until that part of your flesh is dead. Then you can hang your head and say it is over. It is finished. Then somebody else has got to get you down off the cross. Jesus didn't bring himself down off the cross. He brought those that were closest to him allowed him and helped him down. When they knew he was finished, when they knew his flesh was dead, they brought him down off the cross. He buried him and resurrected him. Now watch this. Once you do that, it's time to start all over again. Because our life is a life of crucifixion. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. And I can't die daily if I'm influenced by this flesh. If I allow this flesh to take control of me, I can't begin to move. This is why in the Bible, listen, this is when we're influenced by our flesh, God, God can't do anything in us or through us. Y'all know what happens when you're drunk? No? Well, praise God. <laughs> Not me, Pastor. Say, full of the Holy Ghost. Been drunk in the spirit. Oh, that's why I be doing this one. Drunk in the spirit. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what being drunk like. Not that I know anything about it. Being serious. You guys know what happened to people. People end up pregnant. People end up car accidents. People end up raped. People end up in situations they didn't want to be in because they were full of wine. I mean, alcohol. You guys with me? Okay, let's watch this. Ephesians chapter 5, 17 and 18 says this. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. There's a reason why God wants you to be filled with the Spirit. I like what the Amplified says. It says this. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. 
Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. I can't give my life to Christ unless I'm guided by Christ. You know, the Bible is not. I, me and my wife were talking. I said, honey, there's nothing I could say. There's nothing I could do that will lead people to Jesus. Because the Bible says it's the spirit of God that leads all men to, to, unto repentance. It isn't good, powerful preaching. It's the spirit of God. But do you guys understand that God says my word is spirit and life? So if I'm preaching his word, then you're going to be led by that word because his word is spirit and it's life. That's the problem with preachers preaching what they want to preach. It's spirit, but not with a capital S. The Bible says whatever we're filled with, whatever we're filled with, we're guided by, we're led by, we're governed by, we're influenced by, it will influence our decisions. Whatever we're filled with will influence our direction and it will ultimately influence our destiny. Whatever we're filled up with. You guys hearing what I'm saying? God wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants to take you to places that you never dreamed of. You think you got big dreams for you. God's got bigger dreams for you. Let me tell you something about Moses. Do you think Moses at any time in his mind said, you know, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to deliver the children of Israel. I want to split the Red Sea. I want to bring down all kinds of plagues. Uh, I want to do all that. Do you think he ever said that? Do you think he ever would have dreamed that? But Because he submitted himself to God. What great and powerful things are waiting for you ahead of you if you just give God you? Anything? I'm not going to use you again. <laughs> be filled with the Spirit. The Scripture says, be ye filled. This is a commandment. It's not an option. When my mom, when I was young, said, I'm leaving, be ready in 10 minutes. That wasn't an option. Be ready meant you better be ready. It didn't mean start getting ready in 10 minutes. It meant you have 10 minutes to get ready. And it was funny because... I believe when she said, be ready in 10 minutes, she didn't have to say it. But if I wasn't ready in 10 minutes, I knew that something bad might happen. <laughs> Watch this, though. So when God says, be filled with the Spirit, maybe he's implying if you're not filled with the Spirit that something bad may happen to you. I'm not saying that's the word. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to dig in there and try to pull something out. I'm just trying to let you guys know a little something that if God gives a command, it's for our good. God said, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of good. So whatever God wants you to do, it's going to turn out good. So if he says, be filled, you need to be seeking to get filled. 
Stand to your feet. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is good. This is good. There's a scripture that says, with us being evil in nature, who here, when our child asks us for a piece of bread, would give them a stone? Then it goes on and says, what father, what parent, when their child asks them for a piece of fish, would give them a snake? Now, us being evil in nature, how much more through him who is, has no evilness about him, who is the creator of all heaven and earth, who is filled, filled with mercy and goodness, our heavenly father, it says this, do you think our heavenly father would not give us his spirit if we just ask? What is he saying? All you got to do is ask. Being filled with the spirit is real, but it's more than talking in tongues and being able to dance and get in the spirit faith. It's more than that. God said, behold, I've given you power over all that of the enemy, and by, by any means nothing shall harm you. Who is that enemy? It's the enemy is your flesh. It ain't even the devil. He's been beat. You can't beat this thing that you're living in unless you have the spirit of God in you. You can't. It's impossible. You could, do as, you could do as much meditating as you want. That was for somebody. You can chant all day. Num hum ring mung num. No. Jesus Christ. The author and finisher of our faith. The only begotten son of the father. He is the only way. He is the door. Hallelujah. He says that he is the only way into heaven. That if any other man tries to enter in through any other means that Jesus Christ, he is a thief. And God said no thief, no extortioner, no railer, no fornicator, no adulterer, our idolaterer shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Today's your opportunity. There's two feelings that God gives you. The first feeling is when you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, you say, God, I'm yours. When you give your life to Christ, you become his. And then God says, listen, there's another feeling. John put it this way. He says, I baptize with water. But the one that comes after me that's greater than me will baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. He'll fill you. Two baptisms. Today, if you're in this place, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, you say, I want to know this Jesus. You may not know much about him. You probably heard a lot about him from your friends. And frankly, you've even gotten a bad, he's gotten a bad rap because of people you've been around. He's gotten a bad rap because of the people you've seen on TV. He's gotten a bad rap. But today is your opportunity to get to know him for yourself. If you're in here today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something very, very uh, brave. I'm 
just going to ask you to raise your hand. You say, today I want to give my life to the Lord. Very simple. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Second petition is this. I, by the way, I'm not one of those pastors that's going to beg you. Jesus didn't beg anybody to follow him. He said, just make the decision. You know what you want to do. He said, follow me. If they didn't, you know what he did? He kept pushing. So my second petition is this. You're in this place. You're right here today. You've walked away from Christ. You're out of relationship with him. And today you say, I want to renew my relationship with him. I want my relationship to be hot fire. I want it to be tight. I want to be in a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. It's been lukewarm and, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of experiencing and living like the world even though I call myself a Christian but I'm still living like the world. If that's you today, you say, today I want this change. I want to give my life completely over and back to God. If that's you, raise your hand right where you're at. Amen. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to ask you guys to do something bold now. Come to the altar. Now watch this. It ain't got to be because of sin. You, you ain't got to be in a bunch of sin to raise your hand and say, I want a better relationship. I'm just telling you. So don't think these people are coming up here because they're ratchet sinners. We're all ratchet sinners in need of a Savior. I'm not perfect, but I need Jesus Christ. That's why I need Jesus. I'm done. We got leaders up here. You guys know that? Nothing does my heart good than to see a leader tell that out of his actions say, you know what, I just want more Jesus, Pastor. We got leaders up here. Most pastors wouldn't tell you that. But you know that shows me a humble heart. And God gives more grace to those that are humble. That's why you that are at this altar can expect more grace from God. Because you humbled yourself to come to the throne. To come to his altar. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm going to pray for you guys. Now listen, as I'm praying, if, if you guys want to pray at the same time, I don't know what your situation is. I don't need to know. I don't need, need to know what you've done or where you're at with the Lord. He knows. I'm just standing in agreement with you right now that you said, the question was this, do you want your relationship better with Jesus? That's all. That's all. So I'm just going to pray that. You guys pray. You don't have to sit here and listen to me, but you could be praying at the same time. Now, I do want to let you know that when you pray, the Bible says, because they said, Jesus, how do we pray? He says, when you pray, say. Not think. When you pray, say. That means you have to open up your mouth and begin to speak. You guys understand that? That's why I got to get to you. Because so many of us are praying in our mind, and, and that's meditation. The Bible says with prayer, meditation, supplication, and thanksgiving. We got to learn how to pray speaking because the power is in our words. And as we begin to pray the, the word of God over our lives, we begin to speak it. And it begins to encourage us and build us up. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every individual that is at this altar, your altar. And today, Lord, we say that we're not giving you our problems. We're not giving you our issues. We're not giving you our circumstances. But today, God, we're giving you us. Lord, search our hearts, God. Search our hearts. Reveal unto us that which is keeping us from giving our lives completely over to you. 
Lord, I thank you right now, Lord, that you are moving and operating in our lives. We thank you when we receive the word that you said to, to us today. Lord, that fully, completely, we give our lives to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you said you would give us rest. You would give us peace. You would give us knowledge. You would give us understanding. God, I thank you right now that you open up our eyes of understanding. Lord, I thank you right now that we can take this word that we heard, Lord, hiding in our hearts that we can walk to, uh, according to the agreement steps that you have ordered for us. God, I thank you that you are showing me how to have a real relevant relationship with you. Lord, I don't want to be religious anymore. God, I want to be yours. I want to be uh, on fire for you, God. And Lord, we ask right now, and I pray just on behalf of you, my brothers and sisters, that you will fill them with your spirit. Baptize them now in the name of Jesus. Fall upon their lives, Lord, and fill them. Hallelujah. Fill them with your spirit, God. You've given us a promise that you will baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for increasing our faith. And we also thank you that your mercy outweighs your judgment. <laughs> thank you so much. We love you. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.